Hello and welcome to episode 8 of the Trail Runners Experience. Today I'm joined by the greatest runner in the history of the world, uh, has, holds all the world records true. and is really, really good looking as well. Thank you. Okay, so some of those things are untrue. All of those things are true. All of those things are true. So I'm joined today by my wife, Kate Marsden. Hello. Welcome back, Kate. Good to be back. I missed you. Thanks. Our listeners missed you. Lots of people said that you were the best thing that I've done so far on this podcast. All of those people are correct. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. they're very brilliant people. Yeah. And so yeah, um, so I thought I'd get you back on because I've got to give the fans what they want. Excellent. Yeah. So what's new? Well, there's a couple of things I wanted to talk to you about today. Um, one of them is something that I think lots of women runners um, have to deal with. But not a lot of women runners openly talk about, and that's um, all of the things that go together with going back into running after you've had a baby, or three babies, as my case is. Um, and I wanted to talk about some running gear that's important when you've after you've yep. had babies and when you're getting back into running. Uh, and I want to talk about my watch. Lovely. Um, because it's great. Um, and... I think that's, uh, well, see, I don't know, we'll we just see how it goes. See what happens. Yeah. Because, you know, we, you know, sort of uh, chew the fat. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's really cool. I think that um, you've always got a lot of good insight. I like talking to you about running. Mm. And so here we are. I can't believe yeah. I'm up to episode eight already. I know. And, and it um, rhymes with Kate. Eight and Kate. Yeah. Is great. Mm, quite right. Yeah. All right, mate. Oh. <laughs> Come on. That that's was terrible. Got to pay it. Uh. Don't be late. Oh. All right. Should I stop? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. Well, I don't know where we want to start. Um, I did notice the other day, this is not to do uh, with you so much, yes. but the, there was um, here in Adelaide yesterday, being Sunday, what are we, in early August, and it was um, Trail Running SA, the awesome organisation here in South Australia, which has really boosted um trail running numbers yes. they had another one of their awesome events yesterday um yes. down at kaipo forest they did and um yeah unfortunately neither of us could run but the beautiful thing about social media is you see all the photos Quite you right. see all the videos yeah and what your very very good friend ali yes has got involved she and she's did. doing look, it look i didn't run but my pack did and um, oh, yeah, that's right you lent it to her i did i did allison used my my beautiful running pack um, it loves to go out for a run, and sadly, it's been neglected lately. But she took it out, and she did an amazing job. Mm. She shout out to Ali Klingner. She's, she's doing so well. She's bloody terrific. She's gone head over heels into the whole um, trail running scene now, and I'm I'm very pleased. I'm, I'm ca- very proud. I'm going to call it early. I'm yeah. call it early. I think she's addicted. I, I think. think I think you could be right. She's got the bug. I think she might be. Yeah. Because she even asked me, she said, oh, I might need to get one of those backpacks that you put your water in. And I was like, borrow mine first, Ali, because they're heinously expensive. They are a bit expensive. Um, but yeah. I have a beautiful Solomon uh, hydration pack. Yes. With, the, with the, the room for the bladder in the back and the two soft packs in the front. Yeah. It's been great. They can hold a ridiculous amount of gear too. They can considering hold a ridiculous they look small. Amount of gear. Yeah, they're they're. I feel like they've really been a 
um, important for trail running because yep. prior to that, if people wanted to run on trails, they just had to carry a bottle of water in yep. their hand yep. or wear a backpack, which yeah. is not very comfortable. No, and they bounce around. These ones yeah. cling to your body very nicely. Do you know who always has a lot of gear in her pack? Who? Michelle Hamlin. She that does? woman has got an incredible amount of gear stuffed into her backpack. She has lipstick in there. She has all manner of snacks. Every time I've seen her in a race, that pack is laden with yeah. goodness. And I think if I ever get stuck out in the wilderness, I want it to be with her. Oh, well, why wouldn't you? Yeah. You know, for, for so many for reasons. For so many reasons. Yeah. Exactly. That's yeah, excellent. Okay, let's, uh, let's go. Let's fire away. So what have you got to share with us? Let's plunge into it. So late last year, 13th of September, I had our third baby, Patrick. And look, before we had children, I'd never really gotten into running seriously. I did it in high school and stuff, but I'd never, I, as an adult, I'd never done a lot of huffy puffy because I didn't like to perspire, but I'm over that now. Um, and so after we had our first baby, I took up running and you coached me and amazing. I just like to say to everybody, most patient, positive coach in the world, anyone that can get me moving is amazing i so you've got to know what the you've got to work every person my philosophy was always every person has a different motivator yes you know and, and mine is that i like to look nice yeah so i had to i had to i lavished you with compliments you the did. whole way you did yeah and it worked and it helped i have a massive ego and that helped a lot <laughs> so after the first time after the first baby and i started doing a bit of huffy puffy i did notice a few things um, firstly, that after you have a baby, there's a really high possibility that you're going to wet your pants. And something that people don't want to talk about, yeah, isn't it? It's yeah, it's not glamorous, it's but, not beautiful, but a lot of the time, you're, everything is stretched out because you've just had a cannonball come charging through <laughs> the nether regions. And so everything's a little bit stretched out and a little bit tired. Um, and I've found since I've had, since I've been running, um, that after you have the baby, probably for the first 12 months, there's a bit of an opportunity for your bladder to go leaky leaky, which is not fun. Um, no. And no. And it, I mean, you know, it will tighten up and it's not everybody, everybody doesn't have this problem, but I certainly did. And I, and I continue to. This is an uncomfortable question, and I guess this is an uncomfortable topic in general for a yep. lot of people, but I think it's really good to talk about it, yep. get it out in the open. Mm -hmm. um, the whole, that thing, it's not just restricted to women who've had babies, though, isn't it? No, it's yeah. not. And so lots you don't want women, people to feel ostracised. No, lots yeah. of women leak when they laugh, yeah. so to speak, and, and, you know, a lot of, when you're running fast and when you're running downhill, there's a lot of downward pressure. Yes. And and it's I think it's probably fairly normal that a little bit of wee comes out. Yeah. But the difference being, when I run, I'm sorry everybody, a lot of wee comes out. So if we're carpooling, maybe put a mat down on the back seat <laughs> or something, I don't know. A, a drop sheet. A perhaps. drop sheet, yeah. Look, I I take it seriously and I and I always wear my, my mummy nappy, as the kids like to call it, when I go running. Mm. But it's it's terribly embarrassing. And it's not fun. Is there a way that you know of that you can mitigate that and how you can lessen that, like over time? Is, what well, what you, can you do? You need to do your pelvic floor exercises, right. obviously. 
And everybody talks about pelvic floor exercises, but they're very hard to know whether you're doing them correctly because it's it's an unknown, you know, it's mm. a it's a band of muscles that's up in your pelvis. Very hard yep. to know whether you're doing it correctly. And it's not like you can look at it and go, Oh, my pelvic floor's gotten stronger. It's like where you go to the gym and you can look at your muscles in the mirror. Exactly. I mean, it would be pretty offensive if you did. If you went to a gym and you started... Looking at your pelvic floor muscles in the mirror. <laughs> yeah. You'd need a sort of special camera for that, I think. Yeah. No, um, that's cool. Yeah, so, so it's difficult. And I think the only way you can know whether it's really working is whether you, you're still wetting your pants to the same degree. Do you... um? Yeah, absolutely. Do you, do you have a... Uh, like, would yoga help? Do you think things like yoga... Yeah, are... all of those core strengthening exercises are going to help. So strong, another reason to have a strong core. Yes, yeah. and which is another problem that you're faced with after you're having a baby. Yeah. Is your core muscles tend to get a bit stretched out mm. um, and a bit flobby-bobby, as our three-year-old daughter would Every, say. Everything is flobby-bobby. Everything is flobby But I think it's a really good yeah. describing word, flobby-bobby, for how, <laughs> you, for how my... My giblets and midsection feel. Yeah. Everything's a bit loose and a bit jelly-like, and so you need to do all your core strengthening work. And it is hard, isn't it? Because you can't just go and do um, your straight-up hardcore ab work. No. Because you've got to be ease into it, don't exactly. you? Exactly. Did you have um, ab- what is it, abdominal separation at all? I did. I yeah. did. My 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 rectus mus- muscles in my abdomen so, were were separated. Which is not uncommon. Can you clarify what rectus means? Okay, so the muscles that run long ways from your rib cage down to your your pelvis. Yeah. Those long muscles along there where you see we know when people have a six pack and they have yeah. the line down the middle. So where that line is, my muscles separated so that you could fit your fist so in between. Yeah, so so that one's separating the six pack. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So those and those muscles really do keep everything together, everything mm. in and everything tight. And so when that when those muscles separate, you lose a lot of strength around your core. And so that includes, you know, your back and your pelvis and your your abs and everything. And when you're running, all of those muscles are engaged. Mm. So running is good for it, but it's also bad for your body if you don't have that strength. You're going to be sort of loose and your body's going to be twisting yeah. in ways that it normally wouldn't. So it's a good idea to do your core strength. Now, when you leave the hospital um, and, and you have, you know, um, muscle separation issues, you'll be seen by a physiotherapist and they'll give you a set of instructions, a set of exercises, and they're all very gentle exercises. It's all like laying on the ground with your knees up, pulling your, your belly button through to your spine and those sorts of things. You definitely don't want to be doing sit-ups and crunches and those sorts of things because they're going to make the separation worse. Right. So wait, don't go to the gym and hit your personal trainer unless they know what they're talking about. Yes. Unless they've got some experience with uh, working with pregnant women or, Correct. or post-pregnant yes. women. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Very right. interesting. Um, so no, that, that's fascinating. So um, doing a physio exercises though, very important. Yes. Would you say you're the, and I'm being, I'm doing a probing question here. Yes. Are you the most diligent at the moment? Heavens to Murgatroyd's no. <laughs> I am not the most diligent because with having a baby, you, your brain gets a little bit scattered. Well, mine is a little bit scattered and you don't always remember to do all the things mm. that you need to do. There's an awful lot of pressure when you have a baby. There's a lot of things you need to remember and 
somewhere down the line mm. is the exercises that you need to do. For me, yeah. I, I, you know, there's a lot of other things in the world that you need to remember and that sort of comes later on down the list. But it is important and it is something that you need to sort of have stuck up, you know, next to your bed or on the back of the toilet door. Remember to do your exercises, it's crazy sort of lady. Prioritising exercise and it's another exercise that needs to be prioritised. It is, it is. Yeah. You're quite right. And it's very important because there's, you know, mental health is often something that is overlooked um, after, you've, after you've had a child or if you're mm. at home looking after the children. There's... All these other things that need to be looked after, and sometimes your mental health sort of gets forgotten about. And I find, and I think a lot of runners find, that going for a run, especially out on the trails, and about being out sort of in touch with nature, sounds a bit crazy, but it no. is one of the best things for for my mental health. Um, Absolutely. And I know for yours as well. Yeah. Oh, look, I'm so much better as a human when I've been for my run. Yeah. Even if even even a bad run is yeah. still better than no run. That's right. Mm. It's all about getting in touch with your endocannabinoids. Oh. Yes, which give you the runner's high. Endocannabinoids. Say it again. Endocannabinoids. Can we elaborate, please, Kate? So... Um, going off on a tangent, but oh, very, we are, an interesting we tangent. Are. People talk about the runner's high, and they often thought that it was endorphin-related. They are wrong, my friend. <laughs> there are little things in your brain that when you smoke your cannabis, if that's what you're into, they make you feel good and happy and high. The right? thing that makes you feel stoned. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so when you go for a run, they actually are connecting with the same thing in your brain as when you smoke pot. So, and and the, and they're called endocannabinoids because they're you know cannabis. Wow. So you do actually get high, like proper high, not to the same extreme. I don't think. Like you don't get yeah. high and come home and go, oh, I'm so hungry, I need to snack for twenty hours. We are, but you do that. But you, well, yeah, well, <laughs> you, you do. You're right. <laughs> However, you're still safe to drive. Just to clarify, we are not condoning drug use in any way, <laughs> no. in of illicit drugs. No. And, um, we neither of us do drugs no. or drink alcohol. To be honest, we're a PG family-rated household. Yeah, but it's a very interesting study. I have seen about that study, and it's fascinating because I think the common and a bit of a misconception wasn't it that it was about all just endorphins? Yes, but it's not endorphins. No, it's not. Right. Um, no, that is really fascinating. So next time you go for a run, don't don't reach for the marijuana cigarette. Yeah, that's right. Just go for a run. Exactly. You still get the same experience. That's right. And then, then you can, I guess it explains why everyone's in such a good mood. At the end of a race, yeah. Yeah. Because everyone, it's as if they've all passed along a jazz cigarette in the forest <laughs> on their way from the start to the finish line. You know what they need at the finish line then? They need some sort of, like it needs to be like a proper music festival. Yeah. You know, you need, there needs to be beach balls getting thrown around. I agree. Um, there needs to be, what else is it? Last time I went to the big day out was a long time ago, and it's not even a thing anymore. But right. um, I'm just trying to think what else they do, you know. We need some some, some tricky music. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever, whatever the teenagers maybe, maybe are Maybe we can to. get Grandmaster Flash down there. Grandmaster Flash? Yeah. Jeez, the Grandmaster? I don't know. I think most he of our listeners... He puts on a good audience, show, Grandmaster Flash. Most of our audience wouldn't have a clue. Well, do yourself a favour, audience. Google Grandmaster Flash. Yeah. 
Anyway, let's get back on topic. Back on topic. Okay, I love the tangent, but let's continue. So we're talking about uh, women's issues in running, women's problems. Yes. And I think it's a very topical thing. And it's interesting, most of my clients that I coach are women. Yes. And um, and so some of them have babies, some of them have, have not had babies. Mm-hmm. And, but I think there's a common thread. Yeah. And then, but also I think it's as much, being a man, and yes, I've seen you go through all this. Yes. And I know that it's hard for you and it can be demotivating. Mm-hmm. And I think this is a really good way of, of just breaking down that barrier. Yeah. And it's, it's not I just want to point out that Daniel delivered our last child. So I he did. has seen probably more of me than I've seen. Um, and so he knows the full extent of the stretch of the giblets. Yeah. That goes on during childbirth. And I think that's given you a good insight into how my downstairs region was feeling post birth. That's right. That and how it's amazing. affected when you're running. Single greatest moment of my life. Aww. Very closely followed by the other two and then also my wedding day. Yes. They're all in the they're all up there. Yes. Anywho. Needless to say. Um one of the um one of the things I wanted to talk about was your equipment when you're running, but also um, I wanted to just quickly mention before I go on to that um, how important the team um, that is around you after you have a baby, so your midwife, your GP, your mm. obstetrician if you have one, before you start running, you need to talk to all of those people about it Yeah, because you know your body, but they also know your body and know what it's been through and they probably have a better idea than you about what's been affected within your body. I mean, you're going to know how you feel, but things like, you know, um, episiotomies and tearing during childbirth um, and muscle separation and that sort of thing can be a bit of um, a bit of a mystery and you, it's probably not something that people want to think too hard about. Mm. But I think definitely you don't want to get back into running before your three-month checkup. Yeah. You want to go and see your GP and get your grease up on oil change first and make sure, yeah, make sure everything's okay. But also you're going to be so tired that Mm. you're just going to need. Because the other, the flip side of that, having the baby is quite traumatic to the body. But then the other side is there's also a small baby around yeah. to, to wear you out. Exactly. And so, um, and plus we're both breastfeeding. To basically that's... suck the life right out of you <laughs> in the best possible way. Yeah. Um, and so when, you know, when you do get back into it, when you do want to start running, once you've checked with everybody that it's okay and that your body is ready to go, that you're not still, I mean, you're still going to be producing relaxin, which is that chemical in your body that you're producing before you have the body. To make everything before, yeah, before you have the baby, to make sure that all your joints and ligaments are nice and stretched and relaxed so that you can give birth, you're still going to be producing that while you're breastfeeding. So you need to remember that so that you don't end up running down a rocky ravine and um, twisting your ankle, which is what I did about two months ago, and I'm paying for it still. Um, On the flip side, everything was super relaxed, so that ankle really... Rolled really rolled, so um, there's a uh, so it means you, when you say so it's not really strong. I don't know a great deal about that, mm-hmm. but so you're 
they're relaxing, the, the ligaments are looser. Yeah. So you're a bit more flexible. Yes. And I guess initially that was for childbirth. Yes. Yeah. And so... And that'll take like six months. Yeah. To, to fully leave your body, I think. But while, I, I mean, but while, I, you're, breastfeeding, while you're breastfeeding, you're still producing it. Yeah. So you need to be careful. So yeah. at the moment, I am purely running on the flats. Yeah. Um, no trails. No trails at oh. the moment. Well, this is the trail runner's experience, so we're going to have to end the show there. Sorry. Oh, sorry, everybody. No, just kidding. Keep Thanks. going. <laughs> um, so there are lots of things to remember. And when you're breastfeeding, you need to drink loads more water. Because I'm told that the lactic acid that you're producing when you're running can go through into your breast milk and make it a little bit bitter. Really? Yeah. I don't think any of my babies noticed. Um, none of them certainly turned their nose up at the boob after a run. Wow. But a good way to get around that is to make sure you're drinking loads of water. So well hydrated. Well hydrated. 50% more than you would normally drink. Wow. Yep. Okay. So On that's really interesting. That. There's a famous... There's. I mean, there's lots of... Stories of famous women mm-hmm. run ultra runners, mm-hmm. and I forget there was a lady in Leadville 100 in America years ago who stopped at various aid stations to, to breastfeed. breastfeed her child, wow. and and then would keep going and mm-hmm. to win. Possibly Anne Trayson. I'll have to uh, research that and bring it up next time. Yeah, but yeah, wow, fascinating. And so now when I go for a run, I wear my mummy my mummy nappy, which is yeah great. Um, I wear two bras, so my sports bra and then another like a crop top over the top because there's a lot of movement in the old boobies. Um, I have a beautiful, I call it a girdle, but it's not. It's a piece of stretchy um, material that they gave me in hospital to wear to support my back and to keep... In your whole midsection, yeah. Yeah, and that sort of supports everything and it reminds me when I'm running to suck Mm. my belly button back in, keep that... Yeah, cool like firm. a bit like the weightlifters that would use, you know. Yeah, those big kidney belt things. Yeah. yeah. But a bit softer. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> and, um, yeah, and I take loads of water with me. Yeah. Mm. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's very useful advice, I think, mm. for most people. I think one, wearing one of those things around your midsection is a good way, yeah, because having maintaining good form mm-hmm. is so important. You know, it is. Especially in the longer races. That's right. If you lose your form and you lose your core strength, you're going to suffer all over. And to quote Greta, yes, you'd go all flobby bobby. You would go our all daughter, flobby as bobby. our daughter said, your whole your whole running form would go flobby bobby. It would. And we do not want to have a flobby bobby running form. No, because we've all seen it. We've all seen people at the end of races flobby bobbing it across across the finish line with yeah. their arms akimbo. Um, now, which just reminds me, look, I'm going back a bit here, but talking about flobby bobby. I'm talking about running bras. Now, ladies, we all spend a lot of time and energy researching our our gadgets and our gizmos that we run with, our watches, our, you know, running packs, whatever, beautiful socks. Gaiters. Gaiters, yeah. exactly. Yeah. But I quite often see women running with no thought put into the, to, to the bra that they're wearing. Really? Yes. It is important... Ladies, women, big-chested men perhaps, that you go and get a fitting and get a well-fitted sports bra. Yep. Yeah. You only get one set of boobies. And if you're running and they're moving around a lot, it's going to affect your form. It's going to make you more tired. 
and it's True. going to damage your delicate breast tissue. Yeah. Now, breasts are wonderful, glorious things, <laughs> and I think you want to protect them. You know, we spend loads of money on our shoes and on our socks to protect our feet, mm. and sometimes people just don't think about their breasts, and they need to. Well, running is a whole body activity. It is a whole body it's activity. It's not just about your legs and your feet. Yeah. No, and I think... You know, even if you just have one really good, well-fitting sports bra, mm. that's all you need. You take it off, you rinse it out, you wear it the next day when you go again. How long that, does, a, does a bra last? I wouldn't have a clue. Okay. Well, depending on how you care for them, but a bra will last a couple of years. Like is it if a false you... economy buying a cheap one? Like yes. Buy, it's only uncomfortable and it's not going to last as long. That's right. You need, and also, so important, you need to have it fitted by a professional. Right. You can't just, I don't want you walking into Target or another shop with that has a vast selection of bras, seeing one that you think looks about the right size or that you normally wear that size and putting on, you know, and going, oh, yes, this is fine. You need to go in and get the old lady who fits bras at the department store to measure you up and to and to fit you i know it could be a bit embarrassing having someone looking at your boobies these women they look at boobies all day long and it's so important so important you want to you want to keep everything fair enough still and in place which is why i'm wearing the the sports bra and the crop top as a coach with a lot of my runners male and female i always talk about one percent you take care of the whole all the little one percent things yeah it adds up to a big improvement. Yeah. So if I improve your form a little bit, yep. improve your nutrition, your yep. hydration, better training principles, yep. I see this as another one of those 1% things. Yeah. It might equal greater than 1% improvement. Yeah. You know, because then that's one less thing you have to worry about. You it know? is. It's something you can control. And I'm also a big believer in things you can control mm-hmm. in a run, things you can't control. Yeah. That is definitely something you can control to an extent it is and i know that there have been times when i've gone out wearing you know a different sports bra that doesn't fit properly or Mm. one that is a couple of years old that's lost a bit of its stretch and i'm more self-conscious about how everything's moving in the front um and no one wants to be running down the road with their boobs bouncing all around the place because it's you know it's uncomfortable you don't want to be the target of wolf whistlers no. You know, and if a wolf whistler sees a pair of bouncing boobies, they just get that wolf whistle out straight away. Yeah, that's a whole new other topic as it well. It is a whole Talk, other topic. Talking the way uh, women can be treated sometimes in, in running, but yep. I don't know if you want to go there right this second. No, probably not today. It, it can be, that, we will save that for a topic for a future yeah. podcast. Mm. Um, so, yeah. So you're talking about gear yes. and, and things, various things. Yes. Do you have any other gear that you'd like to talk well, I about? I do, and I'm looking at it right now. It's this glorious gold and white Sunto Spartan watch. Um, A Sunto Spartan sports trainer, I believe yes, it is. Yes, that would be correct. Yeah. Now, there are lots of things that I really love about this watch. I'm not going to go into too much detail, but I'm just going to... I'm just going to tell you about a few functions that I really like. Can I just jump in first, very yes. quickly, before you do? So this watch was actually given to me by one of my outstanding athletes. Yes, Aaron. Aaron Colbatch. Aaron gave it to me as a gift, and it's a very valuable piece of equipment. It is. She did win it in a race. Aaron has just been training with me for 
coming close to 12 months now and she has just gone from strength to strength. She's amazing. She she's um she really is amazing and yeah. I'm just amazed. she trains she works a full-time job but she's also she trains like an elite athlete. She she I could put anything on her program and she'll do it. She does some hardcore training. Yeah, and she she's coming out of a little bit of injury right now, but um she is has got her eyes on the prize for her next big race. She mm. had to miss a race over on the East Coast. Yeah. But she's she's training for a 100-mile race. And mm-hmm. I, just a huge shout-out to Erin because I think I just she's a fantastic person and yeah. a fantastic runner. She is. You know and what I like about Erin? Mm, what's that? Well, there's so many things. But I like that her husband, Nick, makes some of the most delicious coffee yes. I've ever tasted. Nick? Roasted ro- on coffee. Roasted on coffee. Ah. Oh. I'm drinking it right now. You've probably heard me drinking, slurping out of my cup. Yeah. And I'm drinking a piping hot, delicious, freshly roasted uh, coffee from Roasted yeah. On. I know. And I'm I'm washing down my breakfast granola that he also made. Yes. Which is, oh, look, it's the perfect trail mix. If you're going to be having a delicious breakfast before you go for a trail run, which I'm not because of my injury, but it is delicious. Can't speak higher. That was a, that may have or may not have been a paid advertisement. Who knows? <laughs> but aside from that, it's all true. Paid or not, it's delicious. I don't know a person that doesn't like coffee. I suppose our three-year-old doesn't like coffee that no, much. No, she doesn't. But she, her taste is terrible. But she um, does like granola and she gobbles that stuff down like there's no tomorrow. Yeah. So tell me about this Spartan trainer. Okay. So there's a few things. Um, one of the things that I really like is it has this little green flashing light underneath that tells me my heart rate. It also lights up during the night when I get up to feed our son. And it makes me laugh. I love it. It tells me how long I sleep for, which is great, because it's often not very long. But it's also, I get up and the little green flashing light is going and it makes me really happy. Like I've got a little UFO on my arm. Oh, really? Yeah. It's the sensor, the heart rate sensor. Yeah, it's the heart rate sensor. Yeah, so it, I love it. It's, it's not. Its function is not to make me feel happy hmm. when I see it. So the watch that has some amazing features on it. I mean, mm-hmm. I will tell you some. Mm-hmm. It is probably one of the better watches on the market at the mm-hmm. moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've got heart rate, fairly accurate heart rate measurements. Yep. I think more than a lot of the watches. Yeah. Which is still, I think it's. Um, you have to have it done up nice and tight. Yeah. If um if it's a bit loose. Um, yeah, it doesn't measure right. It does. Well, right. I don't. I mean, who knows? Probably yeah. it does. I don't know. I just feel yeah. like it needs to be done up. I think it's got to be fairly secure to one spot. Yeah. Um, it's got, but yeah, like I said, the, the um, I've worn it a bit just to see, but um, it definitely looks better on you. Thank you. Um, and it's very accurate with the GPS, and it's got. Well, tell me what else does it do as other than the flashing light? It tells me how fast I'm running. It tells me how fast my heart rate is going because I've been doing a lot of zone two training, as you know, um, because I'm, you know, injured. I'm training on the flat. Yep. I say training. I'm not training for anything. I'm just running. It's just fun. I'm jogging. Um, so I'm going on the flat and I'm trying to do stick to the zone two training. And which, this is really helpful for that. Yes, yeah. it is. It's really helpful. A little alarm that tells you if you're going, if your heart rate's going up and oh, down great. and those sorts of things. Um, and it's, yeah, it's just easy. Push a little button, it comes up and it tells you what you're doing. It's very nice. Would you say this kind of technology, these watches, yeah. are they a motivator for running? Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. 
Yeah, mm. they are. And look, I never thought that I needed a watch until I had one, and now I can't live without. Yes, yes. <laughs> I, I I understand. I concur. Yeah, yeah. I always yeah. like to think of myself as a bit of a naked runner. Yeah. You know? It is me, good my to sports do bra and my mummy nappy. Yeah. Just out hitting the trails. But now that I've got it, I'm like, naked running. I need this watch. Yes. Fair enough. Yeah. Look, I, I, I still, I like the whole naked running thing. I think it's important to know how to run intuitively. But yeah. They, I agree. The data is very valuable and it's interesting to see, you know, improvements. And um, you can mm. log it all onto your Strava. Yep. Yeah. But what I am finding is that I, it is helping me become a more intuitive runner or more helping me to trust my intuition more perhaps because I feel my heart rate coming up and I think, oh, I should slow down. And then I look down and the watch goes, correct. Yes. You should slow down, champ. Yeah. So and so I do. It's a good way to check in with your um, yeah. With everything. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. No, excellent work. No, I, um, I really... Quite enjoy it. I haven't. I didn't have my first watch until recently. Yeah. So it's one of those. I used to run with a ten dollar Kmart watch. Yep. You know, which was fine. I've done fifteen plus ultras. I think I can't. I've actually lost count. I have to. I might have to sit down and make a list of all the ultras yeah. I've done. Your watch came free with a pair of shoes, my friend. With the a one heart rate monitor. Years. Yeah, yeah. I know. Which yeah. was good though. It was good. It was great. Yeah. Now, look, I'm getting to a part of the morning where I want to bring up something um okay sounds serious it is serious mm-hmm. um now steve monaghetti steve monaghetti my favorite yeah he has a podcast and uh i have noticed that he has favorited this podcast he has steve monaghetti if you're listening hello champ <laughs> i'm the, i'm one of your biggest fans mate i yeah. don't want, i don't want to be too much of a fanboy I've been I've been a fan of Monas since I was a kid. Yeah, and was it at the Sydney Marathon a few years ago? He was sitting in the foyer. Yes, uh, that was more than a few years. About six years ago. Six years ago. I, I we, we were in there because the Sydney Marathon was the following day. Yeah. Well, no. Yeah, it was. It was the night before the Sydney Marathon. We'd checked into our room. We'd walked down into the foyer, and here, sitting on the couch. Surrounded by Kenyan fun, eager-looking, happy runners. They're all Kenyan guys. Yeah, <laughs> and a and a small, part Maltese man grinning like an idiot. That was me. That's you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you, you, you went okay. up. You went up. You went. You went. Hello, hello, Steve Monaghetti. I'm a big fan of yours. I believe I called him Mister. Mister. Yes. Hello, Mister Monaghetti. You don't want to be too fresh, do you? You don't want to use their first name. No. On the first, the first meeting. Well, he, I, I think he was a school teacher, so well, there mis- you go. Mister, just respectful. Exactly. Yeah. It'd make him feel at home. But the dude is an amazing runner. He's amazing. Him and this other guy named Dave Robbo have this podcast that they've just started called uh, the Marathon Mystery Tour or something. Ooh. And it's um, I've listened to it, and they yep. talk a bit about music as well. Yeah. And about their, mm. they're both, and I mean they're both really good runners, and um. They live over on the East Coast. and uh, Is he a bit of a musician as well as a runner? Yeah, Monas, apparently. Get out. Well, the parallels here are astounding. What, me being... You're a school teacher. You're a runner. And on the wall across from me is a guitar yes. that you play. It is true. People uh, may not know, but early in our courtship, you, you serenaded me with the guitar, didn't you, sweetheart? As you do. Mm, that's it. Apparently chicks dig guitars. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Three children later, 
Wow, exactly. Yeah. Now, one of my greatest moments in sport is a little race. I think it was, I believe it was in the Commonwealth Games. Ah, yes. Your, your, your favourite running My favourite running video. Uh, I've shared it with just about everybody I know. Yes. During, during a lull at work, I'm known to whip it out. It's and encourage people to watch it because it is one of the most exciting sporting moments for me. So I'll fill it in. Yes, I I, do. I do agree. So it's Andrew Lloyd, who's a great. It's Andrew Lloyd. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's he's a, a great Australian runner back in the eighties and nineties. Amazing. And even up to more recent times, although I think he's getting a a, a bit long in the tooth now, old Lloydie. But he um. So the Commonwealth Games, 5,000 metres, mm. back in, I think it was in Auckland, in 1992 or 93? Yeah. Probably 90, I can't remember. Anyway, it was early in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And um, so the race was commentated by um, none other than Steve Monaghetti. There he is. And Steve Monaghetti was still in his prime at this time. And so, and he, so, and him and Lloydie were fierce competitors. I think, they, I'm pretty sure they were friends. And the, the race... I highly recommend if you put in Andrew Lloyd Commonwealth Games into YouTube, watch it. Bam, it's the first thing that'll come it, up. It is a phenomenal race for it's so many reasons. So good. Because over the course of the 5Ks, there's so much drama. The, the lead guy is, um, I forget his name, Ngugi? Ngugi, yeah. Yes, he, he falls over. He, he, falls. Was a, he was a world champion. Yeah. He, had, he fell over and the field got 50 metres on him. And yeah. He, within, within the space of a lap, he caught back up to the field. That's it. And then he ran to the front. He just pushed right through. You think there's nothing stopping this guy? No. He and is going to win this race. The commentators had it sealed up for him. Yeah. And then you've got um, the rest of the pack are just like battling it out for second place. Yeah. Probably 100, 100 metres back. Yeah. And, and with two laps to go, I mean... Oh my, Andrew Lloyd, he's deep in the pack. Yeah, and he, deep in the pack. Yeah, and then... Doesn't look like he's got a chance. And then I'll, I'll just lead up to the finish and then you can discuss the, the last bit. So okay. they come on to the last lap and Ngugi is looking over his shoulder. It's, and he, you can tell he's starting to, uh, starting to really he's tire He's starting out. to tire, isn't he? And the pack are working together. They are. And, uh, and the commentators are going, oh, Andrew Lloyd's doing quite well here. He might actually, he might even get a medal. Yeah. And then on the fi- on the bell lap, so just to tell you can I'll let you take over. So what happens on the very last lap? It's like Andrew Lloyd has switched gears, like like a graceful gazelle, leaving and <laughs> and running for all it's worth. He suddenly just it's like little turbos have gone in his shoes. Yeah. All of a sudden, oh, out he comes, pulls away from the pack. I think that he might jump to that. He didn't do it until the last sort of 100 metres, really. I know, but he's getting, yeah, like, yeah. He's, he's starting to pull away. Yeah, there was a couple of other guys, too. There, there were a couple of other guys. Look, there was a there was a New Zealand runner in there mm. who I remember thinking, oh, yeah, he looks, he looks pretty good. But no, he comes out, and it's, look, it's touch and go there for a while. Mm. You're watching it, and you're thinking, oh, he might get a silver. Bless him. And then I don't know what happens. Sort of at the finish line. Less than 10 metres to go. Less than 10 metres to go. Boom. Boom. There he goes. Gold for Australia. Gold. Oh, my goodness. It was a phenomenal finish. Perfectly timed. Yep. 
it's, it's so inspirational. And the thing that I love about it, and the, probably I think the thing that Kate loves the most about it, mm-hmm. the race is great, but yeah. even better than the race is the performance by none other than Steve Monaghetti. Steve Monaghetti. I think Steve Monaghetti blew a gasket in As the commentary box. As I know. Bosque. As I know. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Kate's cr- quoting um, Monaghetti, and, um, because he said that a lot. Yeah. But he, Steve Monaghetti was absolutely speechless, and yeah. he went silent. For, for about a minute, yeah. because he could not believe. Couldn't believe what he was seeing. Yeah, and couldn't it was believe his eyes. Such a good win, yep. and I, quite often, if I need, if I'm about to go out for a run and I'm not feeling very motivated, I'll pop that Whack on and I'll watch the last probably three laps of that race. Mm. Inspirational stuff. It is. I'm still yet to see a better finish to a five thousand meters. It is. In all seriousness, it is truly one of the most inspirational. Like it's it's wonderful. It is a it is a wonderful sporting moment. Yeah. Yeah. And Lloydy, Andrew Lloyd, was amazing too because two years prior to that he was in a horrible car accident mm. in which his wife died. Yeah. And he had to have a double knee reconstruction. Yeah. The dude couldn't even walk. Yeah. People thought there was no coming back. His career was over. Yeah. And then he's come back and he's and then he's got a fantastic finishing kick. He because his main background was fifteen hundred meters. That guy has had wins from 1,500 metres right up to ultra-marathon distance. Mm. He was sort of the most underrated, successful runner in Australia. Yep. He won the City to Surf a bunch of times in mm-hmm. Sydney. I think he won it three or four times, almost as many as Monas. Yep. And just, you know, those guys, when I was coming up in running, in cross, doing cross-country when I was a kid, Andrew Lloyd, Steve Monaghetti and Robert De Costello, just those guys, we, Australian distance running was just phenomenal then. Yeah. And I, I absolutely, I used to get so, so inspired by, you know, like, yeah, it was yeah. really, really cool. Yeah. Yeah. He, he may look like someone's thrown a singlet top on a skeleton. He's a skinny man. He, he was very skinny. Yeah. Um, a singlet top on a skeleton. It did look a little bit like that and a moustache and pushed it around, which made it even more astounding yeah. that, that he won. He, I mean, oh. And such explosive power. Yeah. For such a, yeah. Yeah, it was really good. Google it. Do yes. Do yourself a favor. Do yourself a favor. Get on YouTube and watch it right now. Yeah, yeah. So um, no, it's really fascinating. I think we're all inspired now. I know. Yeah, me too. Never, never fails no. to inspire that one. That's it. Um, now I believe so, you've got something for me here. Yes, you, so, you're holding a folder. I've got my special folder, ah. and I've something I started a a few a few episodes back, and that is the. The famous Fast Five. So we all like to run a Fast 5K. Yep. And this, we're about to run, we're going to finish off the, today's podcast with five fast questions. Okay. Same questions I've asked a few of the others. And so just give me your quickest response and we'll see how we go. Okay. Question one. Yes. Your, what is your favourite running film? I don't know. Have a think. You've got five seconds. Running film? About, I don't know. It involves running. I can't even think of a running film. Okay. I'm going to say... In, I'm going to get, mark you incorrect. I'm going to say Andrew Lloyd beating Ungugi. Okay, that's you should, I guess I'll give you a partial credit for yeah, that. Half. Yeah. I'll give you half a mark? Yeah. Okay, question two. Yes. Roads or trails? Oh, trails, man, every time. Trails. I yeah. think that's being the trail runner's experience. Yeah. No doubt. Mm. Okay. Question three. I want you to finish this sentence. Okay. Running gives me... Some time on my own. <laughs> that's 
Great answer. <laughs> some time and some time on my own. Yeah. Okay. Question four. Yeah. What is your bucket list race? Um, I'm not sure if I've asked you this before, actually. No, I don't know. I'd like to do Wonderland. Um, and I think there are some really great little running festivals in Tasmania that I'd really like to do. Tassie Trail Fest, The Tassie Trail Fest, yep. Um, mm. But the other thing that I've been thinking about for a while, and I understand may be in the pipes as we speak, mm. is a Silver City Ultra Marathon of some sort. In Broken so Hill? in Broken Hill, oh, yeah. Starting okay. in Broken Hill, going out to Silverton, running around out at the ghost town, which is Silverton. Where Mad Max was filmed. Yeah, around some of the most amazing outback oh, I scenery. I think maybe people should watch this space. Watch this space. More updates. Yeah. We may have something to do with that. Yeah. Okay, question five. Yep. Your favourite post-race treat? Watermelon every time. Hands down, watermelon. Watermelon, good answer. Yep. Can't go wrong with that. No. All right. Delish. Kate Marsden, you get four and a half out of five. Thank you. Not a bad answer. Mm. Um, all right. It's been a pleasure, like always. Mm -hmm. And um, I'll see you again probably later on today. Yeah, about 30 seconds. Because we live together. Yeah, quite okay. right. All right. All right. <laughs> it's been lovely yeah. being here. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Mm -hmm. If you have any questions for me about your lady running or... About anything, really. I'm happy to answer any question. Give yeah. my opinion. I'm no expert, but I certainly have a lot of opinions on things. She does. Hit me and, up and on, if you, on the site. That's right. And if you're really, if you're enjoying the podcast, please like it and subscribe it. Favorite it on Anchor or, or share it with sh your friends. Share it with your mum. Yeah. yeah. Come on. Share it with everybody. Give us a little love that way. Quite right. All right. Have a great day, everyone. Bye. Bye.